0: is it doesn't matter how many new channels or systems or TikToks or Snapchats or platforms, whatever it is there are, foundational principles still apply. You have to know who your avatar is. You have to know what your voice is and your positioning statement. And then from there, you can utilize AI or anything to create your content.
1: hello and welcome to the art of selling online courses we're here to share winning strategies and secret hacks from top performers in the online course industry my name is john ainsworth and today's guest is lisa catto lisa's acknowledged as a thought leader in the field of business growth using automation for small business and has won multiple awards she's been a business owner since the early 1990s she's got broad experience and expertise in both business and marketing she was an earlier doctor of digital marketing in the days of dial-up modems. She worked with large FMCG and blue chip brands such as Adidas, Unilever, Kellogg's, Quaker, Ferrero, Rocher, Nestle, McVitie's to name a few, in either placing them third-party promotional software or making software for promotional use. She's responsible for placing the Adidas ball in EA's FIFA Soccer and the multitudes of brands in Sony's Gran Turismo are just a sample of the kind of cutting-edge innovation that contributes to her story. Now, today we're gonna to be talking to Lisa about how to keep your students engaged and make them want to buy from you again, how to use AI tools for content creation and how to use automation for handling communities. Before we dive into our interview, I wanna remind you that you can learn how to two to five times your course revenue by going to datadrivenmarketing.co slash webinar. There's a recording of a 45 minute presentation I gave to hundreds of online course creators about the process that we use with our clients to two to five times your revenue. I have had people come up to me at conferences after watching this presentation who have made tens of thousands of dollars just from one of the techniques. So go to datadrivenmarketing.co slash webinar and sign up. Lisa, welcome to the show.
0: Good morning. How are you?
1: I'm fantastic. I had this conference I organized a little while ago and there was, in this community that i mean it's called the DC. They've decided to name people who are like community members who organize stuff locally as brand ambassadors or DC ambassadors, something like that. And when I hear the name, when I hear ambassador, I immediately think of Ferrero Rocher. (laughs) And so (laughs) for anybody who hasn't seen, it was back in the 1980s, I guess it was. There were these adverts for Ferrero Rocher. If you look up Ferrero Rocher uh, ambassador, you'll see it. It's very cheesy. And it was great fun and everybody knew it and there's a bit in it where somebody says ambassador with these Ferrero Rocher you are really spoiling us <laughs> and they bring out this giant pile of them so i uh, i showed that advert to explain it to all of the people attending like what was going on cuz most of them weren't english And was like, they've named us as an ambassador. And I haven't had a single Ferrero Rocher from anybody so far. And at the end of the conference, someone brought us out a big pile of Um, Ferrero (laughs) Rocher.
0: Love that. The Ferrero Rocher project we did actually was fun. It was for their Kinder brand. Did you know that they own the Kinder Egg brand?
1: No way, really?
0: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So it was for that. We did an educational piece of software for the Pyramiaus, which were these Egyptian cats that they were doing as toys in there. And it was an educational Piece on Egypt. It was a lot of fun. It was in the early nineties. It was before any of this technology that we have now existed would have saved. We talk about saving time. The amount of time that we were waiting for things to render and animations to be created with software like Director. And today we can do it in an nth of the time. I was literally sleeping on a Z bed underneath (laughs) at times, especially with McVities when we were doing presentations into the supermarket brands for them. We had the BN character cycling on screen pulling the screen behind him with the graphs on and jumping down and pulling them down but it did take forever for those animations to render so I'm very pleased that technology has come on some <laughs> <laughs> got
1: a lot easier isn't it yeah yeah so funny
0: especially when something goes wrong you say, oh, I'm just want to tweak that or Could we just make that shadow a bit more like that it's like, oh God
1: well, talking about tech that's moved on, I want to start off by talking a little bit about AI. So a lot of the people who are listening are first and foremost content creators. So they started out as content creators before they started making courses, and then their, their audience wanted courses from them. What have you seen in terms of ways that AI can be used in content creation nowadays?
0: It's really interesting. We delivered a workshop uh, last week about unlocking AI, and I co-delivered that with Tiffany, who is actually the brains behind all of our AI stuff. And uh, we were talking about how much time people are wasting uh, with AI at the moment, going down rabbit holes, lots of shiny ball syndrome, and, oh, maybe I'm going to launch a product like this. And it really falls under the banner of just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm. Uh, But the content creation thing is really interesting, but there has to be some foundational building blocks in place, like any traditional marketing. And what I find amazing is it doesn't matter how many new channels or systems or TikToks or Snapchats or platforms, whatever it is, there are foundational principles still apply. You have to know who your avatar is. You have to know what your voice is and your positioning statement. And then from there, you can utilize AI or anything to create your content. So we have created and are creating these mini tools, which allow you to put in certain foundational data that will then create your avatar document for you, which you can then use to prime ChatGPT, for example. So priming is training, is like any member of staff in your business. If ChatGPT is going to join you, you need to train it into who you are and what you need it to do and what the outcomes are. And that's what priming is in ChatGPT language. So by creating these primes and these prompts, you can then use Chat GPT to create your content. So it can do lesson plans, it can do workbooks, it can do the landing pages, it can do the emails, it can do anything that you need it to do as long as you're very clear, because it is not intuitive. It is not a human that's going to extrapolate what's in your head. You can basically really get it to do what you need it to do. On our workshop, for example, we gave people a prompt to train Chat GPT in your brand voice by going, use this prompt, feed in some examples of your existing stuff. It comes out with the brand voice, and then you can go, well, using this avatar we created earlier, and this brand voice, go and write me four welcome emails or six onboarding emails or whatever they might be. Right. So that's how it can really be used. All the social media posts also, not just ChatGPT, but if you haven't discovered Midway, yet on the discord platform we've been having a lot of fun creating some great imagery ai images absolutely incredible uh, tiffany did a little comparison of the different image generating ai platforms and Midjourney journey for ease of use and output and stuff came top of our list of uh, great tools to get into
1: nice yeah. all right yeah. so starting point customer avatar Which is, I mean, when we do work with clients, before we've even started with them, the first thing we'd always do is we've got to have the customer avatar done. So we've got to go do the customer surveys, got to create the customer language document, all of this. Because people don't understand how powerful it is, I think people don't always get excited about that. They're like, oh, yeah, but this isn't doing the work, is it? This is just, you know, but it's like without the research, without understanding exactly who your customer is, what are their pain points? What are their desires? What is it? What kind of language do they use? It's really hard to then do anything else.
0: You're 100% on the money there. And for me, it's how many times have you seen an ad, irrespective of platform? We might have been scrolling on on Instagram or Facebook, or it might be something you've seen on TV, although we don't get to see many ads on TV these days. <laughs> but how many times you go, oh, my God, that's me. Or you completely tune out and go, That's not for me. You know, if I see now, you know, my kids are in their 20s. And if I see anything to do with babies and prams, I'm just tuned out because I'm not the avatar. And I always say to people, if you're trying to speak to everybody, you're speaking to nobody. You need people to go, oh, my God, that's me. I'm feeling it. And you can only do that by speaking directly to people. I very much always uh, encourage niching. If you're in America, that's niching to really get a vertical, you know, whether it's uh, people in the health industry and then drilling down into is it is it dentists? Is it vets? Because if you can speak directly to them then the pie is this big and you need this much to be successful. Don't go for everybody and you'll have a lot more success. And it doesn't mean that you can't have more than one avatar, but your messaging needs to be directed at someone, like you're having a one-on-one conversation with them.
1: All right, so... You've got your customer avatar figured out, let's say you've gone, you've done the work, you've done the surveys, you've done the customer interviews, you've figured out your customer avatar, you put it together, you're feeding that into ChatGPT and you're getting back some emails from it. You're feeding it into Midway and you're getting back some, some images from it as well. Is that the way that AI tools can be used? Is there other stuff that you can be using with AI to kind of help once you've got to that stage?
0: In marketing specifically, Uh, Because obviously, AI can extend to any area of your business. We've got it analyzing sales calls right now as well, especially if you've got a sales team. That's good, or even for self training to know if you've trained, if you've primed it right, of knowing how your conversation went and how you can improve next time. There's the workbooks, there's the downloads, you know, all the things that go into your course to make it a rich and engaging experience. You can leverage AI. Uh, to do that
1: nice amazing okay so let's switch gears a little bit once somebody has bought the course how do you engage your customers and keep them engaged after purchase
0: well we've got to take a little step back for a second because obviously like the messaging the homework has to be done first Uh, the preparation building on a really solid foundation if you want success and that's not to say that you won't have an MVP, a minimum viable product to see if your idea for a course is actually something that people want. I would, the the finished product is never the first version that you're going to release. I can promise you that. And if it is, (laughs) your blind spots are going to have people look at your blind spots. So what we do at my business is framed up around the design and implementation of customer journeys. And when we're looking at courses, we're looking at what we call a time to value matrix. So depending on what type of course you have, it might be a one module, one and done. It might be a mini course. We look at the journey through that. So let's say it's a subscription model and you're looking at the first seven day onboarding or the first 12 weeks, the first 90 days. You wanna have a look at the time to value matrix. So what is the value that you expect someone to get from your course, what are they going to experience? And this also comes back to the avatar and the problems they're looking to have solved because that's marketing, so identifying the problem and marketing the solution. What is the value they're going to get from your course or from that module or from that exercise? And then on a, we do it on a spreadsheet, just literally columns left to right, is in day one or week one, what is the value? And then it's what are they going to have to do or what needs to be done in order that they're going to see that value do they need to watch a video do they need to have come and declared their intentions fitness courses do this a lot on the community group do they need to have finished an exercise or gone out into the world and done something and come back and reported back so what is the value Uh, when are they going to see that value and what needs to happen in order that they have the best chance of that value being attained You map that out for your first seven day onboarding or your first 90 days of your subscription and then put the pieces into play, the email delivery, the check-ins, the SMS messaging, the accountability. Then you start to get a very sticky space where people feel like they're being held and led, not that they've just been sold something and you're on to the next customer.
1: All right. So start off with what is it you actually want them to achieve? So what's the outcome you want them to have? What's the problems that they want solved? What value do they need to get? Mm -hmm. Then work backwards from there and figure out what do they need to have done in order to achieve that value? What exercises do they need to have done? What routines they need to have developed? What habits they need to have? Whatever the thing is.
0: What video they need to have watched? What exercise they need to have completed?
1: And then work back from that and go, what do you need to do to make sure they, they do the thing that gets them the outcome that then leads to the eventual value yeah okay and then what do you do in terms of setting that up do you tend to have a process in terms of like okay well it's likely to be some automated responder emails some automated sms check-ins like how, how do you typically see that work out in terms of what's actually implemented
0: we work with an on-track off-track at-risk principle so if you're looking at any given customer or course delegate you need to have your metrics in place of what does it look like for somebody to be on track, off track or at risk. If they haven't logged in for three days, three weeks, does that mean that they're on track or off track? And I've got people who have got courses where the, the average length of time to complete the course is 30 days. So if you break that down, let's say into 10 modules, or at what point do we think that they need a prompt or an outreach? And it, you know, some courses are $30 $30 and some courses, you know, uh, $10,000 or upwards. So it's you really got to take this and adapt it to what works and what's appropriate to you. But knowing your numbers and being able to track people's progress through your course, we use, I'm a Keep partner, formerly Knows Infusion Soft. So we build tracking campaigns of knowing when people enter and leave modules and lessons. And we have prompts. We go, well, if they haven't, done x y and z by three days then we need to send them a prompt or we need to have an alert because it might be a coached environment we have courses that are supporting people that are paying for coaching as well so the coach needs to get a notification but having those numbers and those triggers and knowing when somebody is falling off track because it's going to impact your retention and your possibility for reviews and uh, renewals as well so If you want people to stay in the course, continue with the subscription, pay money for more courses or recommend people in, then it's your responsibility to create that experience for them.
1: Nice. Okay. How about communities? I know you've got a lively Facebook group. What's an automation strategies for handling communities? And is that the right starting point or is there a step back we should take as we have done in the previous couple of questions?
0: (laughs) Um Communities are great. Everybody wants to belong. Everybody wants to be around like-minded people. I'm a great believer in communities. I am a participant of and lead many. And again, it's about being committed to the experience. Uh, We were talking about ambassadors earlier. If you've got people that have... Really engaged with your staff, or really on board with you, get them g'd up to be ambassadors in the community and keep it going. As far as AI goes, Facebook now has got some great automated assistant tools for making sure that you welcome people, make sure that they are getting the value, and that you are driving people back to that environment if that is somewhere where you want to grow. If you haven't got time for it. Having a community is lovely, but if you haven't really got a strategy around that community, then it's kind of pointless with all the noise that we have in our online world right now. If you haven't got the time or the energy, or it's not really worth it to, and you're not going to be able to stand out, then it can be quite challenging. I know that there is other sites which I haven't used that much, like Mighty Networks, for having specifically an online space. So it's really a case-by-case scenario. As far as AI goes, you know, generating the content, planning ahead, having your content strategy even if it's, you know, seven days, 14 days or 30 days ahead of, of knowing what's coming and working backwards. And in the words of Stephen Covey, you know, start with the end in mind. If you've got a webinar or a launch or a, a challenge, a, a live challenge, because they're great for engagement, then decide on the date work backwards and make sure, again, that you've got everything in place and scheduled and automated as possible so that you can get on with your genius, which is supporting your delegates.
1: Beautiful. Okay. If people want to learn more from you and they want to get some more of these, a bit more depth to these kind of insights we've been talking through today, where can they go? What's the What's the Facebook group that you guys got?
0: The Facebook group we've just renamed is Chat GPT and Automation Mastery. It's about, uh, we call it the seven-figure unlock, which is about scaling your business to seven figures and beyond. And that is with myself, The Catalyst, and Tiffany, who's AI Edge. That's ChatGPT and Automation Mastery. On my website, which is thebusinesscatalyst.co.uk, if you go slash workshops, you'll see there is access to uh, all of the workshops that we've done, which we get at the moment we're giving away for free. They're all complimentary. So you can sign up to that. And um, yeah, if you come and follow me on social there or or look at the blogs, we do a lot of blog writing. We release at least two a month uh, all around the customer journey and data like you are data driven is making sure you've got the numbers to make intelligent decisions in your business and business growth. So the blogs are also a good place to, uh, they're short blogs, they're not long winded. I have the attention span of a four-year-old at 88. <laughs> <laughs> and come and join the group and feedback and share your challenges. Be around like-minded people is always a big win for me.
1: And who's like the ideal kind of person who would benefit from working with you?
0: We don't work with startups. We work with people who have been established for two or three years. They're clear on their identity and they find themselves at a bit of a plateau. So uh, there is the S curve in business where we get into business and we go whoosh. As we we get immense growth and we put all the energy in, but then we find that we're going, oh, I've plateaued. I don't know what to do. I've got all of these systems and things joined. They're not, nothing's really joined up. There's a bit of gaffer tape over here and there's some sellotape over there. And it all seemed like a good idea at the time, but everything's just a little bit messy. And we come in and we help design the ideal customer journey. And then we help support, we either build it as a done-for-you service or we will help the team make sure that you know exactly what you need in order to straighten it out, to release those bottlenecks, plug those gaps and be able to start scaling your business.
1: Beautiful. All right, so that's businesscatalyst.co.uk or go to the Facebook group ChatGPT and Automation Mastery. Lisa, thanks so much for coming on today. really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Um, If you found the interview useful and you want to get future episodes, subscribe wherever you listened. And if you think that this kind of stuff is going to be helpful to anybody, you know, please pass it on. Please let somebody else know about the podcast. Thanks so much for listening.
0: Thank you.